if you had a mate that went, oh, you keep coming to me with your problems all the time, <laughs> yeah. you know, maybe you're not that much of a good mate. <laughs> yeah. Welcome, friends. Welcome to the Manzilla podcast. How are we today? Do you know something, guys? I've been better. <laughs> Do you know why? I got dumped or kicked by text this week. Oh, mate. Yeah. It, it, yeah. I, I don't think it was that bad. It was bad. Not that aggressive. Well, to be honest, I kind of thought to myself, I've done this before to other people, so it's a bit of karma coming my way now. No. <laughs> it just meant the universe is saying this isn't the right person for you. So. Maybe. Exactly. Just keep your head up, mate. Chin up. Chin Maybe. Up. Happens to the best of us. Absolutely. We've got a great guest on the show, though, today to pick ourselves up again, because let me give you a quick spiel, though, on what Manzilla is first. We are a podcast all about men's issues, men's identity. It's too easy these days to forget that us guys are here and are navigating through tough times, the dilemmas, the dramas of modern life. We are Manzilla here, are here to talk all about it. I'm Gavin, I'm with Jack and Lou here today as well. Hello, hello. What's uh, up? We're also on social media at Manzilla Online where you can message the show. And if you come to us through Apple, Google, or Spotify, please leave us a review. Preferably a good one would be nice. Uh, but now it's time to introduce our guest. He's a TV host, an amazing men's health campaigner, which incorporates being an ambassador for the men's health charity Mind and also does ambassador work for the RSPCA. He's also one half of the fantastic Naked Professors podcast, which is all about stripping bare our perceptions of mental health. It's an awesome show, and I really highly recommend that you have a listen sometime if you haven't already. And He's... can I say he has the most charming accent? Ooh, <laughs> I, I know. I was like, yeah. Legend. Absolutely beautiful Love accent. Love his accent. It oh. is Matt Johnson, of course. Thank Hello. you very much indeed for coming on, Matt. Thank Hi you so there. much. Welcome. My absolute pleasure. And I'm very sorry about that text, but you're just not my type. <laughs> we have got, do you know so we've got the beers in today as well? Yeah. There Woo! we go. Thank you so much. on tap. Yeah, yeah, I can't believe you, you want one as well, mate? Oh, I think that one is mine, actually. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, this is outstanding because I, I was just moaning about Thank the London you. traffic and I, and I jokingly said, oh, get some beers in. And there we are. We have beers. <laughs> Matt, you know, you and I know each other from, from you know... Dating yeah, apps. Apps. <laughs> Dating apps, of course. But Love from also... Changing rooms. <laughs> from okay, the, we just uh, totally take this in a dumb direction. Yeah. What? <laughs> yeah, I'm leaving. Well, we actually, actually, there is some truth in that. We know each other from back in the day. Yeah. Uh, we're both right to be. You were at Daybreak. Yeah. I was at good, uh, This Morning, Good Morning Britain, and all that type of stuff. So we know each other in a professional yeah. capacity. Over the last year, though, I only ever see him in a towel in Saw House Changing Rooms. That's the oh, only time wait. we chat. At That's the gym. True. At yeah. the gym. Right. right. Yeah. So we're both sculpting our guns. It's true. And then straight away afterwards, <laughs> we're sculpting our minds. Indeed. In a towel each. Well, you both look great. No, Amazing no. physique. The I'm, I'm, I'm pretty hot at the moment. To to do. <laughs> <laughs> it's because Matt's in the studio, though. So. <laughs> Somebody's nervous. Do you know today, right? I, yeah, maybe I am, actually. Yeah, flustered for Could sure. You both leave, please. He's flustered. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll leave and get you some towels. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, get me one. Turn the heating back up in yeah. here. Get it oh. like a sauna. Make it romantic. Uh. My career goes back. 20 years. Um, I, I, I left school. Um, I kind of knew what I, I wanted. I had a bit of a taste of um, the TV world and, and I really wanted to be a part of it and I had no idea. I was from Caerphilly. My father was a police officer. My mother at the time was a, um, a housewife um, and did part-time work. So nobody I knew had anything to do with TV or media or anything. I just knew I wanted to be a part of it 
and then managed to get a runner's job. You know, for those that out there that don't know what a runner is, that's somebody that just goes to do everything. Yeah. I, I yeah. cleaned toilets and yeah. all the stuff. I did that for numerous years and you don't get paid that much, if at all, mm. at the time. So n- numerous different um, bit jobs of in bar work, in being a barista, um, and not, not a barrister, that's a barista, <laughs> somebody that makes coffees, <laughs> um, just in case you, you, you thought I mispronounced it. Um, and then gradually kind of worked my way through, you know, t- you know 20 years ago. And yeah, I, I find that... Um, Starting as a runner really did help me mm. in the world of telly. Yeah, and now you've gotten yourself into many, many different plethoras of uh, of different things. And so, yeah. tell me a bit more about the Naked Professor. So, okay, okay. So, what happened just over a year ago? I um, I went out to LA to start this documentary. I've got some really good contributors in the mental health world. I, um, I in the last five years, I've really really concentrated my efforts with my career towards mental health, towards towards raising awareness, normalising a conversation, uh, particularly with men. And, you know, my people are taking their own lives where I come from and I, I want to find a way to stop that. Um, and I was out in L.A. and I was going to interview Zelda Williams, Robin Williams' daughter, some other big names and movie stars and things like that. And I thought this is going to be a great opportunity for me to get to these these areas using these big names and it all fell flat in my face as I went out to LA you realise you need a lot of money to do it you need a lot of permits there's lots of unions you need lots of permissions there all these different things all these layers of complication I just thought I could go out there with my camera kit and do it and it, and, and it failed but when I came back um, I had made a friend uh, a year previously called uh, Ben Bidwell, who was at the time the Naked Professor. He was doing amazing things with mental health, just with a blog and an Instagram page, you know, putting really good pictures of himself up, drawing attention to this really remarkable, important subject. And then he was he was just doing it, and I, and I was sat on I was sat on a roof bar with him having a drink, and I was like. I feel like a failure. I've set out to do this thing. I even left my flat to kind of like just go, I'm going to go on this mission over a year to do this documentary. And I came back just um, just a shad, shallow version of myself, really. The guts pumped out of me. Oh, that sounds terrible. <laughs> that sounds terrible. <laughs> I, I, I basically can cut that out. I, no, we're keeping that. That's <laughs> some good stuff. That's, that's, that's some good great. podcast stuff. That's content. I, I, content. <laughs> and I, um, I basically came back um, a bit bewildered and I was sat there with Ben who was just doing some basic stuff. He was writing these amazing articles, posting them himself and creating content on social media and he was dragging this wonderful information. And then we had this conversation where I was like, I've got all these contributors and I've got all this experience in TV and contacts. Let's come together and create something really more immediate. And and coincidentally at the time, it was around the time when uh, my friend Sophie Graydon from, um, you would all know her from uh, Love Island, uh, she passed away. Um, So I was in a bit of a state where I was... I wanted to do something immediately. Mm. You know, the people that watch, watch Love Island are the people that are struggling notoriously. And, and I wanted to get to these pockets of communities. And I, and, I, and, and, and we just thought a podcast would be the best way to do it because it's free. You can listen to it on the tube or in the car. You don't have to, like, uh, put your family through it as well. You can do it in, in privacy. It's quite mm. intimate. And then from then on, the Naked Professors were born. And, and we've interviewed some amazing people. We've 
got an incredible amount of listeners. I think there's a lot of people that want to ha- be a part of this conversation. We're expanding now into the second series where we're going to um, do lots of different things as well as just a podcast. And um, from, from, from that moment, really, when you think, when I thought I was a failure, it actually turned out to be a really interesting and important learning curve. It was me. meant to happen that way. It was absolutely yeah. meant to happen. So I would say that to you, that text you got from that <laughs> girl, you That's know, what it's I probably said to meant him. to happen. Yeah, it's supposed to be this way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But obviously as well, I think with podcasts now, it's such an amazing way for, I think for millennials, as we are a millennial mm. network. Apparently I'm a millennial. So, how, how, how old are you? 1982. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. Oh, I'm a millennial. Yes. I, I am as well, right, Gav? Yeah. We had this conversation. Yeah. I am as well. Gavin has just scraped it you in there. Scraped in. I scraped. We're scraping oh, in there. Then man. you're allowed more avocados oh, and, yeah. and expensive coffees. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it's, you know, we just prefer to listen to podcasts now. It's our new way of learning, absorbing information. And why do you think that mental health now is so heightened than ever? Do you think it's because people are just more willing to talk about it now and I think no one's afraid to be vulnerable anymore well, and admit well, like, that they have insecurities? I, and... I would argue that in, in London and in populated areas, in the metropolis areas, that is the case. More yeah. people are willing to talk about these 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 issues. It's our minds, after all, and and we we are more open and susceptible for this conversation. And unfortunately, where I come from in South Wales and in different part pockets of the United Kingdom, where no one talks. Nobody really talks still, mm. and there's a yeah. lot of disenfranchising um, uh, behaviour. People feel as if they're not a part of society because they've been cast away because of industrial situations mm. where industrial um, AI has been t- taken over. Um, yeah, absolutely. You know, jobs. That they haven't got anyone. So there's a lack of sense of purpose and belonging and self-esteem that comes with that. Um, so in general, I think on on the cover of things in the media, especially, we are. It does seem that we are open to talk about mental health a lot more. You know, podcasts especially. Mm-hmm. Like we, it's people are brands as well are saying yes. Let's let's talk about it. I was recently with Wagamamas. Their their infrastructure now with um, mental health is phenomenal. You know, it's, it's hopefully that will filter through all of the managing directors and their managers and, and get to the people that are inside their restaurants, just feeling that you can talk about it. And I just, I, in general, I think people are, like you say, people are really listening to podcasts more and there's something deeper to that. People are listening yeah. to, they just want more information. We are being fed dumbed down information from different um broadcasters from from newspapers and short form tweets and mm. information and people are going I want to know more about that subject yeah they probably resonate a lot with what you're saying as well in a podcast and they feel that as though it's a safe place yes. to listen to other people that probably have the same problems and issues that of course that they have I really resonate with a lot my thing is is that we all have mental health yeah you know this um, this big thing at the moment with resilience against mental mm. illness you know it's quite an interesting topic look we want I want to give people the tools to try and help them navigate through life you know things b- bad things happen in life mm. people break your heart via text and people <laughs> people <laughs> dump you people Ooh. are cold and they sh- ghost you uh, and oh grandparents God, yes. die you know yeah. exams are really tough yeah. and social media the fucks pressures, us up all that stuff you know is there yeah. it's a fact and if 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 we can help people navigate through through that minefield so they, their mental health isn't uh, damaged or they don't then um, set off onto really bad issues with mental health and this is not me saying you can you can give somebody a tool to meditate against 
chronic depression like I had, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a really difficult situation. But we can at least help people. And that as well is to try and end stigmas attached to it. Mm. Try and end the shame of somebody being honest about something that they're vulnerable about. Yeah. You know, I think with men especially, vulnerability is seen as a weakness and that needs to stop. Right, and saying you've you've suffered with mental health in the past, yes, have had some problems. So then, how, as someone that's been through that, do you spot somebody that may be having a similar issue to you, and therefore then help them with getting better or pointing them in the right direction to to yeah. getting a better better well, life? What I think is really interesting, and it's it's, it's really hard to kind of um, keep an eye out on everybody all the time. Um, but the more we talk about it and the more we have these podcasts, the more we have it in our faces on soaps and in movies and we normalise um, and a sense of awakening and awareness of your other human being and a sense of responsibility because so many people go, oh, what, what's the point? You know, I, oh, I, oh, I can't be bothered or, you know, I've just got to get on with my own day. You know, if we are more in tune with everyone and, and so it's normal to care and to be vulnerable to open up when you... If you could see, oh, my mate's acting weird. I think he's going through it today, you know, at the moment. Weirdly, earlier on, I was just having a meeting and I came in and I had a bit of a rough morning. My mate went, you all right? And I was like, yeah, I'm all right. He went, no, 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 I'm going to practice what you preach. <laughs> Are you all right? And I was actually, no, I've had a bit of a morning of it because of this reason and that reason. And it was a lovely moment for me because he never would have done that five years ago. And for me, it just gave me this opportunity to open up and talk. So there's no right or wrong reason. It's about giving, it, giving yourself the opportunity to... Um, have uh, the responsibility for another person. Like, your words mean something, and you can help somebody today, whether you know them or not. It's, it's your responsibility. That other human is another human, whether you're on the way to work or if you think they're beneath you, they're not. Everybody's on the same peg. And I think if you have that awareness and understanding, people would give more of a damn about somebody else. It takes just asking a question sometimes. How are you? Yeah. yeah, yeah. You, but really, how are you? Yeah, exactly. Without we, just as a flippant comment that you say after I, you know, it has to be something that you mean and you look them in the eye. Have and a conversation. Absolutely. Mm. Connect. I think this is one of the issues in modern day societies. And we, you know, we back... 70-odd years ago, 50-odd years ago, at least we were connected to people when my people were down in the mines. You'd have a conversation, yeah. you know? Yeah. That was the, and then you go to the pub afterwards. The pubs yeah. are going. These jobs where you are, you can basically... I've been in this situation where I can go through four days of my life without even connecting or communicating with any human being. I can order my food, my drinks, my coffee. I still stare at my phone, mm. and I don't even connect with anybody. Eye contact, human connection is what we are all craving, and that is a massive issue. And, and I think that's where we need to be. It's that the, when you ask somebody how you are and then they say, oh, I'm okay, and you say, oh, no, really, what, what are you up to? And you have that connection. There's a scientific benefit to happiness in that moment, and that can be spread just very easily over six minutes every day. Mm. It's essentially like you're, you know, you exercise in the gym to build your muscles and uh, look at each other in towels, you know, that sort of thing. You can also <laughs> yeah. uh, <laughs> don't forget the whipping. <laughs> Wait, how long do you spend in the changing rooms Days. together, bros? I mean, we're connecting. Okay. Absolutely, <laughs> it's a safe place. Of course, it's a, a male's changing room. You guys should talk more in the changing. The should. Should. You know how girls, we're... you know, when like you're waiting for your girlfriend at the gym to come out the changing room. Why do you take so long? Because we're in the changing rooms talking to each other about our problems yeah relationship well, problems it, oh my god he's not texting me back oh my god you should dump him oh my god he's such a waste man <laughs> you guys should talk in the changing rooms I think um, 
there is a need for that for men. Mm. And, I, and there's possibly a direct correlation between um, w- women have less mental health issues in general, statistically, than men. And well, re- um, there's more reported mental health issues with ladies because they're honest and open to go to the doctors. Whereas men, even if it's a physical ailment, they're not going to the doctor. They can have a lump the size of a cricket ball on their forehead and they're like, ah, oh, it'll be all right. <laughs> yeah. And it's naive yeah. and it's, it's silly and you're going to die. And that's that's how that and it transcends into mental health. Whereas men women just think freak out tough. More. Well, women are just more in tune with an emotion and a feeling. They don't feel as if if they are vulnerable, it's not a weakness. They can go and talk about it. It's yeah. socially acceptable to do that. Yeah. In in general, I'm generalizing, but you know, across the board, men. Men are stupid when it comes to emotions. Anything. Emotions, yeah, for in sure. general. And you know, some men are great, but yeah. you know, in on mass, there's a real reason why the suicide rates are up. Yeah, and you know, there's many different factors to that, and and one of them would be that men aren't able to communicate and they don't feel as if they they can be vulnerable because they fear that they're going to get judged and fear and judgment is a killer this is it i i i think that the fear and judgment thing you just said nails it on the head it really mm. it really does because there's that point for me like i i sort of think where is that trigger point when you feel like you need to talk to someone if if you're having a bad day and you think oh it could be okay tomorrow or you know be okay later mm. on you may not necessarily think anything of it, but if it's consistently over a few days or weeks or months... It might be completely situational. And and if you feel like, oh, I shouldn't tell my mates now because I haven't felt depressed for over four days, that's a silly rule because, you know, that moment, in that moment, you're, you're feeling however you feel and it, you know... If you if you had a mate that went, oh, you keep coming to me with your problems all the time, <laughs> yeah. you know, maybe they're not that much of a good mate. <laughs> yeah, you know, and it's this big thing at the moment. Like, we are, I'm just trying to explore the the tribal essence of mental health, like finding your tribe. There's lots of people go, oh, you know, we're at these talks and it's it's like an echo chamber, a lovely bubble of people talking about mental health. It's all cool dudes, and then a couple of the guys are like hands up at the end. They're like, what if you have tried to talk to your mates about mental health? And they they shut you down and they fill you with shame and then you're afraid to talk about it. And the harsh answer is that they're not your people. This you're in a room right now where people want to listen to you. They might not be your everyday people. So you, know, you can use you can go to the football, go and do all that type of stuff. But if if they're not accepting you as you who you are, mm-hmm. and there's plenty of other people that will. Don't be afraid to find other people. Yeah. And it's not saying cut people off, all that type of stuff. It's just like appreciate that people move on. Your times change, and you need something else from your mates. And if you if you vocalize that and you shut down. Try and find some mates. And there's plenty, like, that's social media. There's wonderful things about it. There's plenty of people out there that are willing to listen to you. Cutting the slack, essentially, in your life is something mm. that people should do more often. They think that you go through life and you have the same friends from school and you wear the same clothes throughout the whole life. You don't do that. You kind of move and grow as, as you get bigger. Yeah. So I think, but a lot of people, particularly with, with friends and guys, particularly because they like to stay in their sort of their tribe or their groups will not necessarily see the, the, the worst in their friends when they're not supporting them through the bad times. They'll just think, oh, they're just my mates. They're just being funny or they're you know taking taking the mic yeah. or whatever. But actually, it takes a big person to sort of cut them loose and go, you know what? I'm starting to grow a bit bigger than that and I can't have you keeping me down, down in this place because I want to go and do this and you're not, you're not going there with me. Yeah. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. 
So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Uh, you know, it, it, did you go through that as uh, when, you, when you had... I, I luckily have no friends. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll be your friend, Matt. Apart from Gavin. Because <laughs> <laughs> he bought me a beer. He's my special friend. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, where have we gone with this? This is wonderful. <laughs> I know. It's, it's just half a sip of beer and I get all gay on you, Gav. Oh, my God. That, that, that's really affected you now, I think. <laughs> really that with it's the... Italian. Yeah. Ah, that makes sense. Ah, okay. Oh, there we go. Yeah. Um, my, my, my experience with that is that my friendship groups have always been evolving and I've got about four, four or five people that I'm really close to that I will always be close to. So I suppose subconsciously I did find my own tribe. I'm still friends with my old mates from back home. Like, they're, they're still my people. Like, I don't see them every day. I don't see them for months on end, but I still hang out and catch up with them and it's totally fine. I've since moved to London is probably more of a magnified version of that where you... You're just like, oh, I'm a Welsh boy in London now. I've got to go and find some friends. And you jump into some groups and you're like, oh, <laughs> these, wow, these are really... not my people. <laughs> my, my experience with that, um, I suppose, is, is what I think a lot of people go through as well. You, you just go, you're, you're realising you're ever evolving. And interestingly, my father is um, a good example of that. He's kind of gone through this wonderful awakening recently. He's like self-exploration and all that type of stuff. It never worked for him before. And he's had some problems with his mental health. And then he went on this retreat and he reconnected with what was important to him. And he looked around with these other men and he was like, oh, I know what I want. I know I want this. I don't get it where I live. You know, I got my wife and we have our wonderful relationship. But I actually, I was in the police force for over 30 odd years. Yeah. I need this in my life. It's not it's not over for me. Like I'm not retiring. I'm not going to wait to die. I'm going to go and find some people and reach out and just try and, you know, I don't want to go to the pub. That's not for me. So I don't but I don't also want to sit in my house on my own. So he's trying to set someone up where he creates his own tribe and, and, and he's going to connect with people on social media to find his people. And and just knowing that it's okay not to want to go out every Friday and Saturday and get shit-faced and do all that type of stuff. And I know loads of people that, you know, because of responsibilities and kids, they go out and they have fake drinks. They're like, <laughs> oh, yeah, this is definitely a gin and tonic. And, <laughs> and like, what a life to live. My big thing is that you can be a bloke, go to the football, have a couple of drinks, yell your tits off and scream for your team or whatever and all that type of stuff. And then you can go home and kiss your wife and tell her you love her at the same time. You don't have to be one or the other. This is not this polarization of like, you're either Russell Brand or Piers Morgan. Yeah. It doesn't work <laughs> yeah, like yeah, that yeah, at yeah, all. Yeah, completely. You can, oh you my can gosh, be, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like you can, yeah. you can be a vulnerable guy. You, you can be a rugby player that, that smashes people around every day. And, and on Saturday, on television, do it. Yeah. And, you know, you be a boxer. You can go home and kiss your kid and tell them you love them. You don't have to be man macho knobhead all the time. Yeah, yeah. Macho knobhead. It's true, though, isn't it? You know. it's, you know, just, just, you know, and you don't have to have just one pocket of people you're friends with. Have different ones. Yeah. And ones that stimulate you in different ways. And yeah. I think that's where I am in my personal life right now. I've that's got amazing. my different pockets of friends that... You know, you effectively twirl around and go, oh, you, I'll go to the cinema with you lot all the time because you love movies and you love to talk about it afterwards with a burger. That's wonderful. And then I've got made sued like in the TV world. And it's fine. I don't want to live in it all the time, but 
I kind of worked it out slowly, but it's a process, like everything is. Definitely a process, yeah. definitely. And I think some places of in the country, you know, where I'm from in Worcestershire and the West Midlands, it's it's very different to London, you know, very, very different to a metropolitan place. It's, yeah. it's like guys act a certain way. Can't wear skinny jeans there. Can't wear skinny jeans. It's like, <laughs> you've got, you know, it's, it's a, you know, the drinking culture. <laughs> you said not wear skinny jeans. Do I wear skinny jeans? All of no, not you, personally. <laughs> I've gone all self-conscious I now. touched on something there. Did she say, I can't be with you? I've never seen Gavin jeans. in skinny jeans. In fact, you've been wearing shorts for three weeks in a row I now, actually, No, yeah. it's not even that hot. No, it's not. It's, <laughs> it's, it's not hot in the slightest. It's like, yeah, Listeners, just so you know, it's really raining hard and Gavin's wearing shorts. Willfully plowing on. Willfully plowing on. No, but the idea of like manning up now, it's like the whole the term manning up. It's it, it's like it's so extinct, isn't it? Now I think. And well, do you know what? Again, in London and in the metropolis areas, yes, it is masculinity. What is that? You know, yeah. you know toxic masculinity has gone in this horrible direction where people yeah. feel mm. threatened by it. You know, there's there's toxic people. That's just it. You know, like this this idea of what a man should be at the moment is just yeah. I, I think. It doesn't mean anything what a man should be because the goalposts are, are changing constantly. So, yeah. like, you know, providing for your family, doing the earning the most money, and all that out the window, mate. Because women are wonderfully getting paid as what they yeah, should be, I think and women it's gradually are getting better. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and if that's a threat to you, that'll change because that's reality. That's fine. You, you that's man up and just deal with the times that women are going to be earning the same as you, mate, and you can't have that over anybody anymore. How do you feel about men that are intimidated by women who earn more money than them? I, 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 there's, there's, there's their reaction to that, which is negative, I usually Yeah, I because I've experienced obviously. that around me a lot. Yeah, in the last. Have you really? Yeah. They, they don't like it because you're yeah, getting paid. Yeah, there's a lot of like guy friends of mine who are like, oh no, I couldn't be with a woman who makes more money than me. Like I have to be the provider. I couldn't, you know, take well, my wife's work, or I can't. No, the, I wouldn't. The reality you know, kind of is that emasculation feeling. Yeah, yeah, and and that's sad. I feel for these people. Like what, yeah. that that's that comes from a really insecure place. Mm. They're gonna find themselves one of these girls. That's just. I don't want to earn more than a man. A man should look after me because my mum's told me I'm a princess and they're going to find that type of girl that's going to suit their life and it's going to really damage their kids because that's no way mm. to be. you know. And I, but it's the same as anybody. Their, their initial reaction to anything comes from their environment and their situation, their parents. Somebody's told him that the man should be the bread. Yeah, what a for sure. Pain. We must be in pain all the time yeah. because if you, living in this modern day age, as you should be, you should just accept the fact that you're not going to be earning as much as yeah. a woman because she's earning more than you because she's more qualified or, or they're doing the same job. You're going to get paid the same. That's just equality. You've got to live with it. I think Imagine that, living a life like that. No, absolutely. And I think that women are now so much more ambitious, so much more career focused. Um, we rely, as a, as a woman, yeah. I probably rely more on my friends than I do you know, at the times when I've had a boyfriend. And I think that men need to be okay with that. They need to be okay with being with a woman who, you know, can kind of take the lead sometimes as well. Yes. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And if you feel intimidated by that, then that's your problem, mate. <laughs> yeah, but, like, yeah. Not my but fault. It, it really is his problem. And, and, and I think um, going back to the friendship thing you said there is really important mm. because, you know, a lot of people in cities um, and even in rural areas now, they, they are... 
they're relying a lot more on their friendship groups for support. Yeah. Men and women. I think men have done for a while, you know, but, you know, over the last 20 years, definitely, women are gathering together because of the lack of families and men as well, lack of families in the cities. Your your mates are your family. Mm. And then I've, on, I've only ever known my girlfriends in the past to, like, have this friendship barrier group to get in before I become a boyfriend. Yeah. You know, it's just a fact, you know, and it's a lovely support group, is it? And it's exactly what should you happen. You've got to pass the friends test. You've got to pass the friends <laughs> test. It's just a fact. I have the same and, rule. And if you're intimidated, I don't know what understand. Tribe initiation. Tribe initiation. That's what it is, yeah. A kangaroo court. Literally, kangaroo <laughs> court. Amazing. You've got to get whipped with a towel at a gym five times before you're allowed in the group. <laughs> oh, <laughs> this is what happened today. That's a separate, separate podcast here. for this towel but in the gym. I, I, I will add, though, that the attitudes towards this um, un- unnecessary masculinity, this, mm. um, a, uh, you're only a real man until you have this house or do this yeah, job or exactly. earn this money, yep. you know, that doesn't always come from men giving it to other men. That comes from women too. Yeah. Women could do a lot better as well. Like the, this huge, this well, like it or not, there's a lot of men out there that feel really frustrated. They feel disenfranchised from the real world because hey, suddenly we've been attacked for being just men and all these things. And whether that's right or wrong, um, it's not just men who are making men insecure about that. Mm. I've been I've been around lots of women, especially where I come from. Who are like, oh. What do you what are you wearing? You like a, a real man wouldn't wear that. Oh, yeah, you look like a woofter with long hair. All these What's things. A woofter? Yeah, uh, a, a gay person. That's what <laughs> they uh, like. That type of attitude. Yeah, it's is that a Welsh a, term. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I've never heard I that. I think before. maybe it is. Then, I heard it in Brighton sure. once. So yeah, a woofter. Isn't it so silly? But it just that that is across the board. That need those that reaction and that mindset that does need to change because. This attitude towards like there's a there's a stereotypical man that we should all aspire to be like doesn't exist. No. Nah. You know, like yeah. ask you know, any man that's rushing around trying to get the, the biggest Rolex and all that cars, it's for it's for your own insecurity and probably for what society expects from you, or you think society wants from you. Ask anybody what I want or anybody really wants is to, for somebody to just to be real mm. and to be in touch with their emotions and you know I, I know a lot of women that would happily trade a Rolex watch for, for a decent conversation oh 100% you know and vice yeah, versa that's so powerful you know, like, 100% I, the, agree and it goes across the board yeah. you know like, like I've I I've, I've, I was in I was single in London for a while, so I dated a lot in London. And it's all a bit exciting, and you can do it a lot. It's all these apps and stuff Welsh like man that. in London. Ah, he's so cute. And, and, but then you do. I have the same thing. I'm like, oh, I see. What's you've asked me about? What I do. You've asked me how much I earn. You asked me what car I drive. All these things. Who, where do what I What women live? are you dating? I, I, honest to God, more it's often true. than not, I've Happens. had that a lot. Who asks that on a first date? On a first date. That's Depends. Whack. Yeah, and and you know, and it does happen. This toxic behavior behavior towards men and women is just there and it's rife and we could all do better yeah i also think that when people ask the question now define masculinity i feel like it you just can't define it because it's changed so much and you're right like this whole oh my god you need to man up and you need to be like a man like i just don't think that it's relevant anymore you you are who you are the only acceptable and uh, yeah the only acceptable emotion for a man has been anger for mm. centuries yeah you know like well he's emotional he's just a passionate ah, mentalist right and that, that is nonsense because the new alpha should be kindness and compassion yeah because we don't have to go out killing for food anymore 
I always use The Rock as a good example of that. He's really documented his mental health issues before he became famous, yes. before he became a real big name. Um, and it just sort of like makes you realise that everybody goes through it, don't they? Everybody goes through it. I've had it before. I've had it before with, you know, imposter syndrome and feeling like I'm not living up to what my family wanted me to be and stuff like that. And it's very, it's a very kind of like humbling experience. But at the same time, it's, it takes a, it's a journey to get to a place where you're happy. You realise yes. everybody else is doing exactly the same as yeah. you. It just might be on different levels. But ultimately, as you said before, everybody's human. Everybody's on the planet doing the same thing. You know, people are dealing with the same... Take away the judgment. Exactly. Everyone's dealing and coping with the same pressures that life brings. You know, yes. like money, cars, jobs, yeah. your looks, who you're dating, who you're not dating. You know, Just it's, life, man. Yeah, totally. Life, Just it's life. not easy. Absolutely. And struggling to find your identity in this yeah. world is really difficult. And, and, and having a purpose is tough if there's yeah. not enough jobs around. And Absolutely. all these things from across the board, it, it's, it's, it's a classless thing. It, mental illness and mental ill mental health it doesn't have any prejudice whatsoever. It will get to you regardless of money, status, class, creed, anything. Doesn't matter. Does not give a shit. Yeah. So if anybody listening, Matt, where would you where would you point them in the direction of if they were feeling any of the things we've just discussed? Oh, uh, it's a very difficult thing. I, I do this on a, on a regular basis. Um, if your closest ally, your your if you're struggling with something and you feel as if it's been held inside, talk to a friend. If you don't feel comfortable with that, you can always talk to Mind. You can go to Mind Hotline, which is Mind Charity's website. You can talk to people there. Go to your doctor as well if you feel as if you can do that and you can express yourself in the six and a half minutes you get. <laughs> um, and and, and, and to, to feel as if you can go to somebody to talk to is an important thing. If it's more serious, Samaritans, obviously, yep. if more immediate effect. If you're in a, in a hole at two in the morning, do that. If it's even more of an emergency, the emergency services, 999. Yeah. But it starts, honest to God, and it sounds so cliche, it starts with one conversation, yeah. maybe just with yourself. My mum always said, problem shared is a problem halved, which yes. is you know very true in a lot of sense, because absolutely, if you share it, people might have a very different opinion on it and give you perspective. And, and this then, is the thing. Then it's like, oh, actually, it wasn't as bad. And it's not so bad. People are not going to judge you. When we, when we have this stigma attached to mental illness, you just shake it off, just get over it. We need to be more resilient like we were back in the day in the war times, you know, and or she's only talking about mental health problems because it's fashionable. That's a lot of shame and judgment and stigma attached to that. Nobody is going to ever throw it back in your face if you say, like, I'm going through a difficult time, can we talk? Nobody's going to say that. Don't worry about it. Have no fear because people are deep down, they're good. You'll find somebody good. And we have a social media. We have a world of connection out there. Use it to its benefits. It's that idea of losing friends, losing kind of like your self-standing status, status your status within yeah. your, your peers. Like uh, vulnerability just, is is one, of, yeah. it's one of the hardest things to to be in life, but actually is probably one of the most it's the strongest it's the most thing, you can thing do. to be. Yeah, absolutely. it really is. Like if you see somebody stand up there on stage or something, and they are this this they, they epitomize what they what a man should look like in in aesthetically, and then they're truthful and honest and real and vulnerable, and they lay it all out. That's that's the next president. You know what I mean? That like, people really respond. When I first talked about my mental illness. 
the response was incredible because I was just honest and truthful and effectively vulnerable. Vulnerability has this really negative connotation of like a bird without its mother. Like I'm vulnerable. I've got no shelter. It's mm-hmm. a shield. It's a barrier. Like vulnerability truly means being truthful and transparent and being consistent with your feelings. Yeah. And that's what it means. It's not. It's not weakness. It's the greatest strength. It's the, it's the most powerful thing you can do. And in a way, it's being. It's kind of being selfless towards yourself because if you're selfish and keep it all in then it can only it's only gonna hurt you and your friends around you because it might lead to you know the worst thing that could happen which is that you take your own life or that you end up hurting yourself because you haven't spoken all the about horrible it. things about controlling your emotions and your feelings suppressing them could spiral into horrible stuff yeah. like i don't like uh, abuse in the household you know all these things stem from a mental issue yeah. and and there's something you can do about it and it's not a bad thing. It actually would be the best thing to ever do in your entire life. And it's for free. And that's <laughs> yeah. maybe an issue that we can't monetize it. Otherwise, everybody would be doing it, that's like true. physical health. Yeah. So it just it just costs nothing to communicate, to be honest with yourself, to be honest with your people. People will respond well to it because that's what true connection is, is when you're vulnerable and honest. Yeah, I'll tell you what, guys, this has been such a good conversation, but I'm really sorry we've got to finish. We, oh. could, be here. we could be here all just day. Just getting started. No, I was I just going to talk about Brexit. <laughs> <laughs> no we worries. Would, we would be here all day. No, with we that. can Jeez. talk after the show. We'll talk oh, after okay. Thank you so much, guys. Come on, beers. Let's talk about Brexit. Towels. What else do we need? Indeed. No, thanks so much for listening, guys, and for watching. If you've seen parts of this on uh, social media, we want to hear from you as well for future episodes. Send us a DM with your thoughts on what we're discussing. We're at Manzilla Online. Matt, where can people find you on social media? Oh, um, I'm at Matt Johnson's um, on both Instagram <laughs> and the Twitter. Oh, I'm at Matt Johnson. Johnson with an S in the end. Yeah. <laughs> There's an S in the end. Somebody took Matt Johnson. So yeah. like, Matt Johnson's Twitter. I thought I was being You clever. could have just put an underscore ago. in between the Matt and Don't the tell me what to do, woman! <laughs> <laughs> I found you pretty quick, actually. So uh, did you? Yeah, know? I found you. Oh, okay. It was quite easy. Where do I find you guys? Well, oh, I'm, I'm Gavin R. Official. Jack. You can send me a pigeon to uh, this address. Uh, I'll write it down in my quill and feather. I'm, I'm not on social media, but uh, Are you, you not? know what? No. That's quite a lovely thing to be in, mate. That's uh, actually really world. jealous. Yeah. It I need was, to do uh, that. It was actually a bit of a, a, a mental health issue I had with myself a couple of, you know, about eight, nine months ago. And I decided, you know what? I'm going to give it a rest, and it's still going. So, so proud, Jack. Yeah, I'm very proud. We can talk about him now online and he won't know. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Meanwhile, I still have mental health issues and I'm at Luling Chan. Because <laughs> I haven't deactivated my social media yet. Please message me, otherwise I'll get really upset. <laughs> <laughs> Don't talk to me, I'm not bothered. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant stuff. Thanks, guys. This has been the Manzilla Podcast. Have a great day. 